It's me, Brianna, and you are listening to Are We Caught Up Yet? Marvel Edition. Um, you can find us on youtube.com slash Save the Gamedian Podcast Services if you want to show us some extra love and get early access to all of our content, as well as some really fun exclusive content we've done um, in, for Anime Cast and for No Limits. We've done some like guess the song competitions and stuff like that. So lots of fun stuff on the Patreon. Um, you can find us at patreon.com slash Save the Game Media, all that fun stuff. Um, today I am joined by my friend and co-host Sam. How so, are you today? What are you watching? How about you? What Sam means to say is that he's busy, hasn't slept, and he's watched nothing. Mm-hmm. Took the words right out of my mouth. Mm-hmm. I'm that predictable. Mm-hmm. You are incredibly predictable, if nothing else. I'm nothing if not consistent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm tired. I'm especially tired. Mm. I'm going to sleep directly after this. Um, I'm on two hours of sleep. Um, I was reading a book. It was good. And I decided that was more important than sleeping. Mm-hmm. Um... And then I said, I should probably take a nap before I record a podcast. So I took a nap. (laughs) And here we are. And I may giggle like a maniac at some point in this recording. So apologies in advance. Um, Yeah. I mean, you've seen me tired. Like, you've seen me pretty tired. I get a little weird. Anyways more weird than normal i should should clarify anyways um what have i been watching uh i watched the show for today obviously um i finished for the first time i've been watching it with my family like with my dad and his girlfriend during dinners and stuff we finally finished adventure time um uh like the main tv show we're moving on to distant lands and then of course fiona and cake but finished the main like 10 seasons um it was it's a it's an incredible show i i really do think that um it's a lot of fun and they have a lot of themes in there um that really make you think there's a lot of really weird episodes that even though it's kind of like what is going on um i feel like it makes you stop and think about things and i enjoy it it's a good show have you ever seen adventure time nope Hmm. that's a fun time um i've been watching a lot of anime um mostly just the seasonal stuff so like solo leveling a sign of affection um the dangers of my heart kyle got me addicted to that one and i like binge watched the entire first season and all of season two that had aired so but doing that hmm i think that's really it i've mostly been reading i'm 90% of the way done with the book that I was reading last night. So that'll be my 21st book of the year. Um, So just mostly reading. Um, For those who read a lot, I read Haunting and Hunting Adeline, the cat and mouse duet. I will not be reading the book about Molly that just came out. Uh, I don't recommend this book series. (laughs) I knew it was dark and that's not my problem. I've read a series that's like, murder serial killer whatever it was gratuitous some of the scenes 
And also, the spicy scenes weren't really my cup of tea and never ended. So, don't recommend it. But I did read that, if anybody's read that and knows what I'm talking about. Not proud of it. <laughs> Have you ever heard of the series, Sam? I'll give you two guesses. Uh, I'm gonna guess no. Oh, you got it first try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's uh it's interesting. It's about this dude that stalks this lady. She's an author. And he's like, he just stalks her and she like never she like calls the police, but he's like like a super hacker dude that's also a murderer. But he only murders bad people. <laughs> and he's like, I know you'll love me. And then she does fall in love with him. Which is like least mm. of my concerns about the book. <laughs> the least of my concerns. Because then she gets kidnapped and it's gratuitous. Because she gets sex trafficked, basically. And it, it like the whole... Like, the second book, it's, like, 200 pages of just, like, really awful things happening. So, I'm like, oh, good. Glad that I read that. Yeah. So, don't read it. Or do, I guess. I wasn't going to. <laughs> okay, so today, as I'm sure you could tell from the title and or description... We will be talking about WandaVision. Um, we have, for this show in particular, decided to talk about the whole first, like the whole season as like one piece. Um, now that I've seen the show, I can see why Sam had made that call. I think that it was a good call. Um, I think it would have mm -hmm. been really weird to stop halfway through and be like, because mm, either you stopped four episodes in or five episodes in and both would have been weird. Yeah. Um. So I I think if you were like, hey, let's watch the first three episodes and then the rest of the show, mm -hmm. that might have been okay. But then it wouldn't have been even. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I do kind of want to preface the discussion today. Um. I already told Sam. Um. But I feel like we've been doing a lot of synopsis recently. The reason I was doing it is to make sure that I like. Because we were talking about, oh, here's the section we want to talk about for the show or for the movie. Um, and then we would, like, kind of explain what section we were talking about. But I think that it was becoming a little bit too much synopsis and not enough discussion. Um, so I am, in my overlord ruling ways, um, saying, like, I'm pulling back on some of that synopsis. I'm sure that we will kind of like, oh, in this part, da, 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 like, I'm sure we'll talk about it. But we're just assuming that you're responsible people that have watched the show that you're watching a review for. Mm -hmm. So be responsible. Because if you yeah. spoil yourself when you go to watch a review, hey, hey, been there. Hey, been there. I was so excited about, like, I think it was a God of War review on, on Kind of Funny channel that I was like, I just have to start watching it. Once they get spoilery, I'll stop. And then it got spoilery immediately. And I spoiled myself. Hey, my fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if you're doing that, 
Whose fault is it? Yours. Clearly Sam's. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> okay. Now that we got that out of the way, um, I also wanted to say I will be doing a little bit more background work to research like what themes and stuff that I want to talk about for each episode. So I will also take my responsibility as the host to try and steer the conversation a little bit better. Um, okay. General thoughts on WandaVision. I am, don't tell me yet, dying to know what the general reception is. I have no idea. Dying to know because I'm like, maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not, you know, like every time I'm like, oh, I'm going to like say one thing and maybe everybody else felt differently. And that's weird. But mm -hmm. uh, my general feelings on WandaVision is that I really, really, really thought that this was some incredible television. Um, I thought that um, I think that there were like some maybe weak points that it's like we could have tightened this up maybe or mm, fixed some things. But I think as a whole, I think that this is an incredible example of the way that television can work. And this could have never worked as a TV show or as a movie, excuse me. It could only have worked as a TV show would be my argument. And I really like when TV shows do that, like when it's like, hey, we're taking full advantage of what this medium is. We're taking full advantage of like the audience and, you know, messing with them. I think a great example is um, Love, Death and Robots. Um, mm. And I think another great example is like, I mean, it's like a lot of those anthology shows like Black Mirror, I think is like another example. Both Love, Death and Robots and Black Mirror are much darker than this show. But I think that it's like those are shows that kind of take advantage of the audience as well as taking advantage of television as a medium versus like just being like a movie and stuff like that um and i think that wandavision does great and uh with that and i think that it also does great pulling from other sources to help it tell the story where it's like pulling from like tropes common tropes in sitcoms throughout like the decades and stuff like that and relying heavily on that and relying heavily on the audience kind of being like show don't tell kind of thing where they like let the audience do the work on their end a lot of the time, which I think Marvel doesn't do frequently. Mm -hmm. Those are my general thoughts. Cool. What are your thoughts um, and what was the general consensus on the show? I'm so curious overall thoughts um it's really interesting because obviously this is the very first disney plus show that they put out um it came after like a year hiatus when nothing came out which was unheard of at the time for marvel they'd always been on a consistent streak of at least a film or two a year um since they started back in 2008 so there was a whole lot of interest and, and hype being built up. Obviously, this was also um, sort of height of pandemic times as well when this released. So a whole, whole different host of factors going in. I, I really like the show. I think undeniably the quality of it, um, of the, the writing for the most part, production design, um aesthetic conceptually i think like you say it, it 
being a TV show is is not only essential for it to exist, but also integral to the actual um, plots and and themes and and character um, of the show. I think, in retrospect, and this is only really something that you can apply to it if you experienced it in real time. General perception as this show was coming out, the hype was unreal for the show because obviously we didn't really know what a Marvel Disney Plus show was going to look like. Um, and obviously this these things released week to week. You know, it wasn't a binge drop. It was you were waiting a week for each new episode. I think the first two episodes came out simultaneously. Um, but then after that, it was week to week. People, I, I still think that to this day, WandaVision is the most watched Disney Plus Marvel show. Um, so like expectations were sky high. And I think that this isn't necessarily levied against the show itself. And it's unfair to necessarily place it on this. But I still think generally the perception is altered because of this. What was expected of the show and things that the show kind of teased, how it ultimately wrapped up didn't leave a sour taste in my or other people's mouths but just felt slightly deflated um slightly underwhelmed by how everything was wrapped up um but overall like the, the quality of the show again i think is undeniable i think some of my favorite character moments some of my favorite lines in the entirety of the mcu are, are in this show um one has become particularly iconic um, and remains to this day something that people quote very often. Um, yeah, so there's there's a whole whole host of things that I could really talk about in terms of factors and things that the show does in the show itself and also how it was marketed and external things that you wouldn't have any context for because I only realized after the fact that there are some things in this show that you might have needed additional stuff for, but um yeah we can get into all of that as as you see okie dokie sounds good well thank you for your general thoughts we shall move on um so let's see so what i kind of want to do um so we're just going to touch on like briefly like what um literally just like what the episode is so the first three episodes we mostly for the first two episodes there's not a lot of indication that there's something else going on mm -hmm. um there is like if you look at like oh what's the like the easter eggs in the show there are some things like in the first episode there's a reference to sword um in the second episode there's like i think there's like i want to say that the second episode has hydra there's also like the helicopter mm -hmm. so there's like little little tiny pieces um in the first two episodes the third episode a little bit more so and then of course when we're hitting the fourth episode that's like when we really know like hey stuff's going on um i will say for the first two episodes i was like I mean, this is good. 
but I don't really know what's like like I was like I like I I was I don't want to say like I was disappointed but I was kind of like this is kind of dumb. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like why am I watching this? Why is this part of Marvel? And I think that's probably partially like the intended experience, right? The first one is called Filmed Before a Live Studio Audience, um where Wanda and Vision move into a new town and they're struggling to hide their powers. Very over the top like sitcom stuff. Um, second one is Don't Touch That Dial. Um, again, Wanda and Vision just trying to use their magic, but also fit in. Um, and yeah, I was really at this point kind of lost. I think that part part of the issue is that I have not watched a lot of old shows that this is like not necessarily referencing, but like pulling from. Like I haven't really watched, I would say really most sitcoms until like, the mid 2000s ish um like i think the office is probably the oldest sitcom that i've seen um and it's not that old to be fair so i think that this show is pulling on a lot of stuff that i just recognized what was going on but couldn't appreciate and i i still don't think i do fully appreciate this i would really love talking to my film student friends that are like kind of ingrained and like like really um in the film industry like writing screen like doing screenwriting and stuff like that like i think that they would have a lot of really good draw from these episodes but that's not my experience Mm -hmm. um so when these you are correct the first two episodes aired at the same time i know that it's been some time um like three years since the show aired but do you remember like first impressions like what were you like what's going on or were you like oh like i know what's going on like i don't know um it's difficult if if you're asking me i i i'm a little more clued in to like comic references and you know um what they draw on for inspiration so th- there is there is a relatively famous uh scarlet witch storyline in the comics that if you if you know anything about scarlet witch you know this storyline in which she essentially warps reality and gives herself kids um so like, and to be fair, the the illusions in like the marketing leading up to this show were suggesting that someone is behind the scenes and not everything is as it seems, and someone is pulling strings. And is it Wanda herself or is it somebody else? So, like, did I know exactly what was happening? No, and most people didn't. But I think for asking me specifically i was assuming essentially what ended up happening was kind of along the lines going to happen um but i was very much just in for the ride like i i loved that it was weird and and wacky because you know that the first episode was literally filmed in front of a live studio audience and used fully practical effects you know dangling stuff 
on string stuff to make it look like it was floating. Um, and the like in when they were when they're having the dinner in the in the first episode and the guy starts choking and the woman essentially just like starts glitching out almost just repeating the same lines crying but smiling and giggling at the same time i was like oh no i'm this is i'm i'm into this i like that there's it it feels for as kooky and as wacky as it is i feel like they did a very good job over the first two episodes of suggesting that there is something actually quite sinister undertone wise going on. Mm. Um, so yeah, I, I, I do maybe feel that they should have put out the first three episodes together. Um, because how episode three ends kinds of sets, I think a better precedent for what the rest of the series is going to be. Mm-hmm. Whereas the first two are kind of like not self-contained, self-contained, but far more self-contained and yeah. only really present half of the picture of what the show is. So yeah, I, I would definitely some agree with that. Saw those first two episodes and were like, ah yeah, this this kooky weird stuff just isn't for me. And they bounced and didn't really get a sense of what the point was or yeah. where the story was going. So I mean, I think that like with the with the nature of the kind of show that WandaVision is, I think that that was going to happen regardless. Sure, sure. Um, I will say, like, I'm kind of glad that I experienced this show, like, completely isolated because I didn't have any expectations. I didn't see any marketing for this show, like, nothing, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I wasn't like, oh, like, we know that there's something going on behind the scenes. Like, I, like, I had no idea what the show was. I had no idea what it was about. Like, I had genuinely no information to go off of at all yeah um and i i think that i enjoyed my experience with the show um having it that way um i do want to point out one of the the i think the moment that i did know that there was something going on just in that i'm like i this felt very much Black Mirror to me. Again, if it's not as dark and also the episodes are continuous through a season. So I was like, there's something going on here. But I think the thing that really clued it to me was like the who did this to you? Like question on the radio. Like where he kept asking that. I was like, what is happening? Mm. And why is she not more concerned? I would be like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Because I mean, you have what in the in at the end of the first episode, it sort of zooms out, and there's someone on the t- someone watching the TV show, and then the second episode has the beekeeper coming out of the drain out of mm-hmm. the manhole, and then Wanda just says no, and then it rewinds and the yep. scene changes, um, and then like you say, you go to the get to the radio and hear that there's something someone trying to actually speak directly to Wanda. Mm-hmm. I think just, again, not, it, it, it is technically overt in nature, but it feels believable and I, I don't know, I, I kind of buy into it more. It's It's not like at this point in the show anyway, you're not being given overt answers. It's just sort of like very strange things that are disparate and different to 
everything else contextually that is making you subconsciously just feel that there's something wrong Mm -hmm. so i think that they do a really good job of kind of like hitting those like instincts you know of like Mm -hmm. yes there is some stuff that's like overt but they don't really say like what's even with those overt like warnings and stuff like that you don't know what's going on but it's i feel like it was enough to like make me feel like like creeped out almost like oh what is going on (laughs) yeah and like the the use of at least in the first two episodes where it's black and white for the majority it's the use of like color very specifically as well where Mm -hmm. you know if it was just a completely black and white show for the first two episodes you might just think well it's a stylistic choice it's just like a homage which i guess in some sense it is but the color choices are very specific because you've got like you said the helicopter um you've got when she shatters the glass the blood on on her hand and even like i don't know whether you clocked it but even in the first episode during the um the advert the light on the toaster was blinking red as well Mm, i didn't catch Um, that so and like the adverts in and of themselves are like some of the coolest things to me um of the entire show to be honest so i like that they sort of set all that stuff up relatively early on yeah i liked i liked the advertisements um okay so then we kind of move we have episode three which is now in color um which is when wanda gets pregnant and i i think that the I think that everything is much more over at this point um, of like, hey, like it's like they've already clued the audience into that something is going on. And then obviously, like she has a very, very short pregnancy, which is like you could argue, I think that um, instead of it being like, oh, it's like obvious that she's altering reality. I think that you could argue it's like, oh, because she has magic and like vision also isn't really like it human like that's like kind of what caused the pregnancy to be so quick i think you could make that argument but i think it's a lot more obvious to the audience at this point um man i do want to say i think that like specifically this episode i really not that this episode was better than the others but like i think that the set design like really started to stand out to me like once like the color came in where it's mm-hmm. like, man, they like they fully have committed to like full outfits, full set, everything, and they're going through like each era, and that must have been a lot of work. And I think that it's so cool. Yeah, I think that that's so cool, and I think it must have been so fun to work on this set, but also a lot of work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um. Let's see. I'm kind of scrolling through here. Um, this is the episode that we get the uh, Hydra soak, which I thought was funny. Mm-hmm. Just just because um, just because you brought it back up. I mean, just so we aren't like having to double back. Mm-hmm. Me saying like the adverts are one of my favorite parts of the show. I I don't know how well it translates for someone that, again, wasn't there like when the discussion was happening week to week and like breaking down and speculating. 
did the point of the adverts make sense to you? No. Okay. Well, obviously, it's it made it know, feel the, like just like a commercial break. But... Of course, yeah, that, that's that's part of it. But every single advert has something to do with prior trauma for Wanda. Like mm, the, okay. the, the the toaster in the first episode is Stark Industries, and it's beeping like a bomb. Okay. And then you have the Strucker watch in the second episode. Strucker obviously being the person that experimented on her and gave her her powers. And you then you have the Hydra soak, Hydra. Yeah. And then, you know, you get later into the series and there's like the Lagos paper towels, which is the place that she blew up in, blew up accidentally in Civil War. Um, I think like the fact that it's almost like there are Wanda, I mean, obviously we technically haven't spoken about it, but like Wanda being the person behind all of this knowingly and like trying to live this perfect life but in the commercial breaks you get the flashes back covered up in some sort of like shiny happy foil you still get that trauma seeping through of all the bad things that have happened like it's it's the refusal to accept the truth of her situation which thematically mm. is is where we ultimately end up by the end of the show right that she has right, to accept so, her situation. So, so would you do you think that without Agatha forcing her to relive those memories, that she could have made it out eventually? Or do you think that it was by like reliving those memories in like a like forced? I don't want to say like for, well, it was forced manner, but like. Do you think that by her directly reliving those memories is what kind of helped fix things? So Agatha is indirectly a good guy? Or I guess in in some fashion because you know, Agatha had her own reasons to make Wanda do that. But I think that inadvertently it made her made Wanda have to consciously confront how everything played out um right because what agatha is like looking for is like how did you become this powerful yeah and what's going on with your powers whereas like as wanda is kind of going through things and even as agatha's pointing stuff out like oh like this bomb never really was going to go off kind of thing i think mm -hmm. that like as she kind of points out like Wanda's control of the situation and reliving those memories that were like I think that we can kind of all agree that like some stuff that you remember as like a kid things seem so much bigger seems things can seem so much scarier and more extreme and that's not to say that like Wanda didn't go through some like really horrible and traumatic things but I think that like kind of reliving those as a much more mature adult with her powers at the level they are now and kind of kind of uh, contextualizing things, mm. I think definitely is what helped. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay. 
Um, so I do also just to give context, I'm not trying to literally go through episode by episode here, but I, I think it's interesting to kind of, well, for me, I thought it was interesting, like my progression of feelings through the show where it's like once episode, once I finished episode three, I was like, oh, okay, I'm into this. Like, okay, now, now I've got the buy-in. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like by episode four, okay. Episode four, I have to say, so episode four is called we interrupt this program beautiful naming on all of the episodes loved that name especially um and we get monica rambo and i wanted to cry i was like i knew she'd come back i just knew it i i don't i don't know if you remember but when we were when we watched um captain marvel Mm -hmm. i was like i really would love if monica came back yeah And and here she is she did here she is and i was like oh my god um i know another thing okay so we're again kind of just like not literally going through episode by episode but one of the things i wanted to talk about just because i think it's funny is when we get through episode four as we're kind of seeing what brought monica to this point and what brought like the team that's like watching what's going on with wanda to where things are um I, one of the things that I thought was one interesting and two, I don't think it was supposed to be funny, but I found really funny is when we get the, that snap moment where she comes back and she's like, Hey, where's my mom? I was just asleep for 30 minutes. Really, really, really sad that her mom's gone. But, mm-hmm. um, like that dude that just like run, like, <laughs> I don't know why, but like the moment in the hall when he just like runs into somebody and like falls and then she's like, let me get you to a room or whatever. I couldn't stop laughing at that. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny to me, but like sometimes like that, like for some reason, and it's the same, it was the same thing that happened in Spider-Man, like people coming back from the snap, even though I conceptually understand that it's not funny. It's like always just super funny to me. <laughs> Just like mm-hmm. people running into each other, people like freaking out. I'm like, this wouldn't be funny in real life, but like, it's so bizarre. And like, <laughs> it would be such a bizarre experience that I, I find it really funny. Mm-hmm. So, um, I do also want to point out that I knew that that the, I can't even remember his name right now, but the guy that's like the bad guy. I knew he was a bad yeah. guy. The moment I saw his face, I was like, he gives me the ick. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I was like, he's yeah. gross. Just very tropey. Tyler um, Hayward. Yuck. Yes. Very, yeah. very ick. I was like, I don't know who he is, but I don't like him. But I do like mm. Jimmy Woo. Gotta love him. He's back from Ant-Man. Using the the up close magic, yeah. I, I I think that that is one of the things that this show did really well, and sort of why it was so well received on the whole is that it was the first foray into television, and obviously they did something really creative and unique with it. But also, not only was it giving us something new, it was very naturally weaving together lots of different elements from the mcu thus far you know you bring monica back from the captain marvel you bring jimmy woo in from ant-man you bring in darcy from thor okay 
I was literally gobsmacked when I saw Dar- Darcy. I was like, holy cow, they mm-hmm. did it. I'm so proud of them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I I really love that they are pulling people from like different different pieces. I don't know why Darcy really shocked me, but like I was like, holy cow. Because I mean, it does make sense for Darcy to be here, right? Like she kind of yeah. deals with this weird phenomenon that like it's not really sure what's going on. She So it makes sense for her to be here. So I love that she is here. Um, I love that, like, they didn't change her character at all. She just is still. <laughs> um, she's just her bizarre self. And. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. Let's see. So a couple of the other things. First, actually, before I forget, did they state specifically what? decade each episode is like is it like 50s 60s 70s i mean so not, forth, or not, is it based on shows the show i mean yes each each episode is based on a sitcom of some kind hence why the um set design sort of changes each episode okay for the most part, you know like, we talk about that for a moment then just episode by episode because i feel like not having seen a lot of sitcoms, I may have missed out on that part, and I would like to know. If you know. I mean, I can't tell you off the top of my head. I'd have to look it up. Okay, let's look it um, up. WandaVision. Okay. Um, what sitcom? Okay, I know, so I know have... like a later one was Malcolm in the Middle. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy, yeah. I assume that's the very first episode. Yeah, you've got Bewitched, I think was one and of And then them. the Dick Van Dyke show seems like that would be episode two. Yeah. Episode three, The Brady Bunch. Then Bewitched. Yes. Yeah. Then Family Ties. That's it. Malcolm in the Middle. Yeah. Full House. Mm-hmm. Modern Family. And then it just is WandaVision for the last one. Yeah, yeah, because there's no explanation. Um, they have a lot more episode, or they have a lot more stuff that's kind of listed here um, that's like inspirations i think so i dream of genie uh roseanne leave it to fever the twilight zone growing pains the mary tyler moore show all in the family popular and the monkeys Mm -hmm. and the office as well as listed which i think that modern family pulls off of the office as well hence why i think that that's probably I mean, one of one of the um, intro sequences is very office. Oh yeah, it's it's this almost the same music as well. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it is. It yeah. is okay. I, cool. I will shout out just because I just brought up intro sequences. I I love that each one of them is unique, with unique music, and um, I think it's the Growing Pains one where you see like pictures of Baby Vision as he grows up. It's like what that didn't. That didn't happen. Why is there a picture of a baby vision? I just did like obviously mimicking the the, the show it's based on, but I just such a small detail, you know, mm-hmm. but it just brings me so much joy. Because again, that that the picture of baby vision has kind of become not a meme, but you know, like a like an in-joke amongst a lot of fans. So mm. have to shut it out. Yeah. I I did like that. Um, I I do really enjoy that the openings change. Um, I think that that's something that's actually one of my I would say one of my favorite things that um, and like when animes do it, it's one of my favorite things in the whole world. There's a particular anime that like I vividly remember this happening. Um, 
it's called School Live, um, if anybody has seen it, but the opening changes and the ending changes every single episode. Um, so I guess mild spoilers for the show. If you don't, if you haven't seen it, go watch the first episode if you have any interest in watching anime and then you can come back. But um, in the first episode, I'm just assuming, Sam, that you're not going to watch this random anime. I think that's a safe assumption. Okay, so in the first 15 minutes of this episode, you get this very, very cutesy show. It's like this girl, her name's Yuki, she's running through the school. She's part of this club called the School Live Club, where they live in the school, um, because that's like the club that they participate in after school, right? So she's running around, she's like talking to all her friends in the school, and um, you get like this main group of girls that's like part of the School Live Club. And about 15 minutes in, you get this weird, like... it it breaks the show a little bit where behind this like window you see like blood and you're like what is going on and if you watch very closely in the show there's like broken windows there's like blood hidden in the background there's like some really weird stuff going on and about 15 minutes in you realize that Yuki is actually crazy and she they're in the middle of a zombie apocalypse and they're called the school live club because her friends have convinced her to not leave the school because she's in the school live club and they've kind of tried to work within her delusion to try and save her. So the very first opening that you get of School Live um, is completely like it's just like cutesy. And the song is really cute. And there's nothing wrong. But the second episode, when you watch the opening, you can like there's zombies now instead of people in the opening. And mm -hmm. each episode, as the story progresses, like one of the characters... Like, you end up finding out that, like, one of the characters... No. What is it? One of the characters dies, and then she, like, is a zombie in the, like, opening after that. And then, like, other stuff happens. And so the opening kind of, like, devolves as the show, like, goes. And this is, like, one of my favorite things that shows do is taking something small that's, like, hey, this is something that you normally see the same thing every single week. And it's, like, there's nothing unique or special about it. But we're actually going to use this to also tell story. And I think that, um, to just tie it back in, <laughs> I think that WandaVision does that very successfully where it's like, hey, we have like the openings and I think that they're a little bit more fun with it than like fully telling story. But I do think that they take advantage of the opening music that they change it each time for the show um, to kind of give a little, a little bit more of that storytelling. And I think that that's one of the things that I really enjoyed with the show is that they take all of those small moments to tell more story when they can. Something slightly minute in addendum to that is that um, every consecutive episode, uh, Wanda says previously on WandaVision or whatever, each progressive episode, she gets less and less enthusiastic about it to where at near the end it's just like monotone whereas before it's like previously on WandaVision and then it's just, it, it gets to the point where it's just previously on WandaVision you know again I like that there is a, a devolution there so yeah it's great um, I do think that another thing that I kind of wanted to talk about here that I realize we haven't really touched on is Vision being there um, I think I think that when we last spoke, I was incredibly confused as to how Vision could be even involved um, mm -hmm. because Vision's dead. Yes. Spoilers. Whoa, spoilers. Whoa. 
Um, so I, I was really, really confused. Like, even while I was watching the show, I was so confused. Like, I was like, what is going on? But Vision is dead. And I... One, the person who plays Vision, I don't think it can be understated how incredible of an actor he is. I think that he plays this role so incredibly well. Yep. Um, really, really enjoy his work with Vision. Um, but I do think that, like, one of the things that really like watching the show and as it progressed and I kind of realized that like, Hey, this isn't like this clearly like something's going on. And as we kind of realized like, Oh, Wanda's kind of creating this reality. Like I just get got progressively more sad because it's like, it's clear that whether it's just Wanda's version of vision or if it's like actually vision has somehow, I don't know, whatever spiritually reconnected with this body or whatever, like it's clear that he's still dead. And I think that watching her, like she's now lost him twice, one killing him herself. And then two mm -hmm. have like watching him die anyways, after time was reversed. Yep. And knowing that she's going to lose him a third time, I think was such a heavy tone over the show and i think that like the the whole discussion of like grief and loss is like one of the main themes of this show right like coming to terms with like losing your your friends and family like losing your loved ones stuff like that i think that this is like a huge theme in the show but i think it's something i think there's something literally magical but like also emotionally magical about like being able to kind of live with your loved one after they've passed just that little bit longer because it's you always hear like oh I just wish I had just a little bit more time and she was kind of able to give herself like right just that like hey like I just want that little bit more time and I, I don't know like it just made me so sad because he was so kind with her he was so he's so soft with her and like he treats her so kindly and I just I really love their dynamic mm. and yeah it was just really like I kind of understood what was happening and it made me really really sad um and I was really really hoping that they would somehow fix it but yeah I mean it, like it's it's a weird comparison on the surface to draw but the show essentially does to wonder what the last of us did to Joel mm, yeah in the sense that Wanda is undeniably the villain of this show. Like she just is. She's she is the main villain. But you completely sympathize and understand what she did, why she did it. And you can't say that if you were in her position with the abilities she had, that you wouldn't do the same thing. So it's I mean like you yeah, mean, Monica does address that. She's like, I, if I if I could, I would bring yeah, her exactly. back. Then she she would probably do it, but obviously the the consequences are are far more. As often, you become very tunnel visioned when you're dealing with any Fun kind intended. of strong emotion, but particularly grief. Um, I, I I'm not going to acknowledge that that pun. Um, 
that you know you you need to turn the blinders off because your actions um and your emotions have much wider reaching consequences than you might believe particularly when wanda can do these things that she can mm. um yeah i think it, it's a very sophisticated moral quandary that it presents um and you know i i don't agree with what wanda did but i can understand why she did it because like the i mean we, we haven't gotten there or not that we're necessarily going to get to there but the fact that you know we see her creating the hex because she got the deed to build a house with vision that they never got to see through that was just an emotional outburst she didn't really mean for what happened to happen yeah but then I mean, she she was in it you know and once you're in it i can understand even if you're you've accidentally cre recreated vision yeah once like he's are you gonna kill him standing again? in front of you <laughs> once he's standing in front of you even if you know that you're affecting other people that can be a very hard thing to give up i would imagine mm. Mm. yeah also i just want to say just because like for the record like i'm at this point i just kind of wanted to talk about it in chronological through the fourth episode just to kind of give like my hey this is like this is kind of the experience that i had while i was watching this um yeah. so we can talk about like anything throughout the show yeah. um i'm unlocking the discussion not that it was ever locked but just Thanks. to speak it out loud um yeah, I think that, like, like one thing I want to point out, by the way, because I was so upset, but whatever his face is, Tyler Hayward, like, literally lied and was like, oh, she stole the body. No, she mm -hmm. didn't. No, she didn't. You no. are a lying little bitch. Don't like yeah. him. Anyways, um, I hope he's... Which is weird because ever. you had that, like, I think it was episode three where you have that quick cut when Wanda looks to Vision and you see his, he's like, corpse. Broken. Mm -hmm. um, and, like, again, having to go week to week back in the day, the, the theory was running that she was, like, essentially just puppeting his corpse around this town. Mm -hmm. And we're like, that is really messed up. And obviously that kind of not turned us against Wanda at all, but we were like, that's really dark. And obviously then you get the revelation. Even if you kind of believe that it was a lie, mm. you you get the revelation later on. And then I think that having that narrative play out week to week and having the speculation and doubt and everything really helped to um, solidify, even though it seemed like a relatively obvious reveal, it still made it relatively satisfying in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Um, with the way that they presented that information to the audience so yeah for sure um yeah i don't know i think that i i don't know i think the whole the whole thing with vision i i find it very emotional and i also found it very difficult because i can't imagine like like, I think especially, like, having him, like, you know, for our future kind of thing, like, leave that house for her. Like, I don't know. I think that probably would have been, a like, a snapping point for me, too. Hmm. Where it's, like, this is, like, he, again, is so kind with her and so thoughtful towards her. 
and the fact that he like wanted to have this future with her where they didn't have to be separated they didn't have to like be on missions they didn't have to be saving the world they could just be them and mm-hmm. they were never able to make it to that point is is like really it's really so sad for both of them yeah um yeah. okay so a couple of the other things that i want to touch on um so just talking again about themes um, I think it's really interesting how they handle the brother. Uh-huh. Yeah. I thought that that was really interesting. So basically they bring the brother back, right? But it's not actually him. But she somehow still recognizes that it's him, right? She's like, oh, this is clearly my brother. <laughs> Which I thought was interesting. Here's, here's the extra context that you didn't have. Mm, okay. Um. No, probably the most like nerdy freak out moment I, I've ever had when this episode aired. Um, and that door opened and we saw Pietro. Um, so to you, it probably was just like, oh, it's a different person playing him. For context, this is where it gets complicated. Marvel had only, when this aired, only recently closed the deal to buy 20th Century Fox, right? Mm-hmm. And Fox owned, like, they owned Deadpool, they owned the X-Men, they owned Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. And they've done, you know, there, there, there have been X-Men films in the past um, that aren't part of the MCU. It gets messy. There are technically two different timelines amongst those various X-Men films. There's one that is more modern and up-to-date. It's got Michael Fassbender in it. The other one, which is the original film series, has like Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen, you know, um, and Hugh Jackman. I mean, technically Hugh Jackman's in, in the new ones as well. Anyway, this actor that plays Pietro in WandaVision is the Quicksilver from those newer X-Men films. So, obviously, by the end of this show, it's like a ruse, right? It's not actually Pietro. It's just some random person. Mm-hmm. But meta, like, in a very meta way, everybody lost their minds because this was looking like because back back then we were always wondering how are they going to merge, how are they going to bring the X Men into the MCU? How are they going to bring the Fantastic Four into the MCU? Mm. You know, are, are they going to recast? Are they going to do the same actors from these newer X Men films and bring them in? That would be an easy thing to do. And we thought, well, that's probably like three or four years away at the very least. And then he, this guy, Evan Peters, shows up on the doorstep, and we're like, oh, it's happening now, like. The, the Quicksilver from the X-Men films has come in and like I think it's Darcy who says like an overt thing of like they recast Pietro mm-hmm. and like with the context of like that's a just a different version of Pietro that we've already seen in films but from mm-hmm. a different universe like I I remember having to pause the episode because I was just like, 
I think I, I jumped out of my chair. And I'm not even a massive fan of those films, but just like the, the precedent and the, the implications that it set was completely unprecedented, like ridiculous at the time. Um, so yeah, that's like, in hindsight, we could have maybe watched the old X-Men films, but I think for realistically what this ended up being, that little bit of context for the few episodes before the reveal happens that it's not actually Pietro weren't really worthwhile because it would have been a number of X-Men films. Um, so we'll probably still get around to them eventually because they probably will become relevant at some point. But for the time being, I, I thought it was probably easier if I just give that context here instead. Yeah, for sure. I think that it was plenty of context yeah. here. Um, I will say I do like Evan Peters. I had to like, because I was like, where do I know? Like, I know that I've seen his face. I've seen his face from American Horror Story. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, he's an interesting guy. Yeah. Um, I feel like he always plays weird characters. For sure. No. Oh yeah, that's like that's like his forte. That's just what he does. I'm not sure he's yeah. particularly happy with being sort of typecast into that kind of role, but he's getting a lot I of mean, work. Yeah, you get a lot of work, but also like I feel like it it has to be like maybe not fun all the time, but it must be fun to be able to play just like weird people. Sure. Just want to stretch stretch your creative muscles from time to time, which I'm sure he does, but yeah. Um, and whilst we're like specifically on that moment where Pietro shows up, I think again talking about using the fact that this is a TV show in really interesting ways, how Wanda and Vision are arguing, you know, because Vision at this point is sort of clocking on to the fact that like mm -hmm. there are no children in this town. Where are the children? And then they start arguing, and Wanda makes the credits start to roll. Like there's a laugh track over the top. And Vision is still arguing. And then as they bust the argument out into the next room, credit out again. You know, I think that that's, again, something that you just can't really do in any other format other than a television show where it's episodic, mm -hmm. where you would expect credits to roll. Um, so, yeah, I, again, really, really interesting, unique, smart use of the format to tell story yeah absolutely i think that they do a lot of really incredible stuff like you like that moment is a great example of like hey like we're gonna use tv as a medium to kind of tell the story as well mm -hmm. um man i really i i have to say i really was really really truly hoping that they would figure out some way to like like i don't want to say fix vision that's a strong word allow them to be together is probably the phrase that I would want to use. Um, I do want to like on that point, And again, I know we're kind of jumping, but I think it's like one of the like only there's two open threads that I'm aware of from this one being like the vision. Cause vision talks to the other version of himself, like when they were fighting, which I, 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 almost laughed not that it was like bad writing or anything like that but i just thought it was so funny that like vision's fight was like an intellectual fight with himself mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, like, it's like yeah they did like 
they did punch each other a couple times or whatever and they like had their lasers or whatever but i just thought it was funny that that's like kind of what resolved it yeah um it makes perfect contextual sense oh like, yeah that is what vision would do i mean at the end of the day he is an ai right mm-hmm. um like he's jarvis mixed mm-hmm. with a little bit of the mindstone mixed with a little bit of ultron so mm-hmm. logic is how he's always kind of played the game um and it makes sense that if he's going up against himself that would just be ex- accentuated yep so we yeah. get a weird moment where the not colored version of vision that's actually the body mm-hmm. leaves like I, he hit ha- the mindstone becomes colored and then he leaves Mm-hmm. And he's still gone at the end of the show. He never comes back. They never no. mention it. No. So there is a version of Vision somewhere. With his memories back. With his memories. And I'm assuming not the same powers. No, I mean, r- roughly, right? I mean, it, 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 there isn't, he hasn't got the Mind Stone. Right, exactly. But. He can still like shoot a beam out of his head and he can still go um he can still like phase through things and stuff. Yeah. So, so I guess same base set of powers, yeah, but like, like he just uh, literally doesn't have the mind stone anymore. Yes, in in like realistic context, he can do everything he could do before. It's just he doesn't have the exact same power source. So I think that that's one open thread that we have from the show. Mm-hmm. My question, I know you're not going to answer, being, what's going on with that? Who knows? Vision does say at the end, which did make... I didn't cry, but I did tear up when he was like, we've said goodbye before. Like, we'll say hello again or whatever. Stands, I can't remember. the reason we'll say hello again. Yeah. yeah. So is that going to be the hello again? Because he does have the memories, but he did also he choose to leave... Yeah. So is he like, hey, I'm a separate vision that's not romantically involved with Wanda? Or is he the same vision? I don't know. I don't know. They're, they're, uh, the, uh, not spoiling anything, but there is obviously this this white version of vision is in the comics. And like the sort of more cold, detached persona is is very authentic to that. There are it is a fundamental arc in his character's history um, that that sets very interesting precedents for potentially future things to come. Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. So at this point, like end of the show, we know that Vision still exists, even though it's, yes. again, like the, what, the ship of Theseus, I think is what they call it, mm-hmm. where it's like he's technically Vision, but also not. Yeah. So we're, that's kind of like where we're at with Vision, which was very confusing. Mm-hmm. Two, and this is just contextual because I know this, because so one of the actors from Heartstopper, one of the two main actors, Joe Locke, has been cast in something for Marvel, which I believe is related to Agatha. Mm-hmm. I'm very interested. I I see that as an open thread because I know that. So I'm interested to see where like that goes with Agatha. And I 
I want to say it's called like Coven or something like that. But I love Joe Locke. He's so cute. Uh, he's a great actor. Yes, to be. Uh, I mean, I know who he's playing, but <laughs> you know, I mean, like contextually, I'm. I'll say it now because it doesn't really spoil anything. We haven't seen Vision since this yet. Still interesting. No. Okay. And we haven't seen Agatha yet. And it is it is technically public knowledge. So I could like, do you want me to tell you who Joe Locke is playing? No, it's okay. Okay. I'm okay with seeing him whenever I'll see him when I see him. That's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing him whenever that happens. Do you don't tell me who he is, but like, do you think it'll be like it'll be good, right? I think so. Okay. Yay. I'm excited. Um, if not, I'll just rewatch Heartstopper for the ten thousandth time. That's one of the yeah. shows I've rewatched so many times. I love it. Mm -hmm. <sighs> so good. Um, okay. Hmm. What else are we gonna talk about? Um I think Monica that... gets powers. Yes. That's a great thing to talk about. So contextual contextually, Darcy says, hey, if you go back through that, like into the hex again, it's going to rewrite your cells, essentially. Mm -hmm. And she does because she's a hero. Okay, she is. Okay, the actress that played her is stunning. Mm. Stunning. I have a huge crush on her now. Not that I knew of her before, but huge crush. Anyways, um, so she goes through and then she's like all of a sudden got like blue eyes. She's blue yeah. eyes, white dragon. Yeah. Sorry, couldn't resist the Yu-Gi-Oh reference. Um, <clears throat> we don't understand, like during the show, we don't fully understand like one, what her powers are two like what's actually happened. I mean, we like kind of understand because Darcy said like, Oh, like her, your cells will be rewritten essentially, but we don't truly understand what that means. Like, did she absorb some of Wanda's power is, are her cells rewritten in a way that's like, Hey, she rewrote the cells herself and she's become something. This is my theory, something similar to captain Marvel because that's who she admires. And so oh. in the rewriting of her cells, she's kind of manifested that she gets to be a Captain Marvel person. Yeah, maybe. Um, that's kind of what I'm hoping happened because like if your cells are going to be rewritten, I think it'd be cooler if you kind of had a little bit of control, even if you don't have full control. Well, and I guess technically like, and not that I'm confirming anything, but like logically in the canon, like things within the hex are warped based on desire, right? Yes, but it's so, usually Wanda's desire. I mean, sure, but y you know what I mean. Like, right. if, if we could make a headcanon that Monica's will is so strong that she's yes. able to hijack that in some way. Yeah, I would 100% agree with that. And I I think that I, I was really concerned that as soon as, like, the the hex dropped or whatever, like, she wouldn't have those powers, but she clearly still does. We, again, don't have any idea what the powers are, what the context is. Like, we don't have full details on it, but 
we do know she has powers and one of my favorite shots in the entire oh. mcu is when she's pushing through that hex and you like sh you see different splits of her um you know like the it's almost like an echoing thing going on where you see lots of different monikers all in different outfits you see the her from when she was inside the hex you see her in the space suit you see her in or not space suit but you know what i mean no actually it was a space suit um just visually i think that's one of the most stunning things they've done thus far the, the animators that did that they were like <laughs> popping off yeah <laughs> yeah they're like i did that i did that <laughs> mm -hmm. um okay one thing that we didn't talk about but i just wanted to touch on i i cannot confirm for vision but wanda is wearing an old version of her costume which i thought was fun for the halloween episode Yes, they both are, yeah. Okay. Same, same for assumed, uh, Pietro as well. I Yeah, I assumed that it was like translated, but I, I was like, I have to confirm. Mm -hmm. I don't actually know. Um, Loved that. I yeah. thought that was really fun. I thought that was really cute. Um, Okay, one of the things that I wanted to touch on with the previously on episode, first of all, love the name of that episode. Um, Also loved wanted to point out really quick breaking the fourth wall is the name of the episode before that episode seven where they start mm -hmm. talking like she starts talking to the camera which i thought was so cool not only are they like breaking the fourth wall and like they're bringing the audience in but also like you know anyways thought that was cool that they're breaking the fourth wall in two ways and it was a good episode anyways previously on um so one of the things that i wanted to touch on was the concept of magic kind of existing in, in this bigger space right so we know that wanda has magic we've kind of like it's called magic she was experimented on so science was mildly involved as well as the mind stone which we find out again that that's kind of like what allows her to project vision is because she absorbed some of the mind stone mm -hmm. um so I'm really, I don't think we have full information and it sounds like we'll get more information like with Coven and stuff later, but I, I think it's really interesting to have Marvel have magic in the universe because I think that a lot of the times that superheroes and magic don't really co coexist and that's not to say that, for example, Superman, I would argue does have magic powers, even though they don't typically call it magic powers they just call it his superpowers which is just magic but that's not like really how it's discussed typically right it's usually like oh superheroes have superpowers magicians have magic <laughs> and those are like two things that are like separate but in this case like marvel has brought magic and is calling it magic into this universe and we know that wanda which I don't know why I didn't realize that she was she wasn't called the Scarlet Witch before this. Mm -hmm. I, don't I don't know why I never like picked that up. I picked it up when we first saw her and I was like, oh hey, that's the Scarlet Witch. And they never called her that. I was like, that's weird. Didn't think about it again. Until of course this episode where they're like, Oh, you're the Scar Scarlet Witch. And I was like, Oh, this is why they call her, you know, anyways. They give like yeah. the whole context for it, right? Mm -hmm. I love that they are adding magic as well as the lore of magic, like 
runes, the way that the magic works, and they're kind of starting to give you like little pieces and rules of like how magic works. And Wanda has so much raw power that she just like makes the magic work. Mm -hmm. But she's kind of starting to learn, right, those building blocks, which is kind of where we leave her off of like, how does magic actually work? What are the rules? What can magic actually do stuff like that and this magic from what i can tell is completely separate from like the doctor strange magic stuff um <laughs> n n yes and no okay. like obviously this specifically is is chaos magic that wanda uses right but I, i'm pretty sure i did say i may have said this and it's not really spoiling anything because it's not really ever touched upon it's just a, a canon piece of information is that wanda uses the same magic that dr strange does it's just that she hasn't been trained so it's it, it's not oh formulated. no i do remember you saying that i do remember you saying that That's yeah my bad. so it's it's like the exact same magic that Doctor Strange draws on is what Wanda draws on. So She's what obviously... is Agatha doing then? Because I know, again, obviously, like, logic follows through that it would be the same magic. But mm. she seems to be using different rules than Doctor Strange is. Sure. Well, I mean, like... So... so... I, think it, I think it's safe to say that any magic user in the mcu is using the same like power source to draw from it's just okay. that the different incarnations depends on intent it depends on training as, as to how it presents itself you know whether it is in the sort of more hmm. structured runic stuff that dr strange can conjure or the more like just messy globules of power that um Agatha and Wanda and that lot um, make use of. And I guess, the, like, I, I don't read too much into the colors. I think it's just so that each character has, like, a unique thing to them visually, you know, mm. when they're using their abilities. I mean, technically, I... you could say that Wanda is chaos magic, so hence that's red. And Agatha uses dark magic, so that's, like, dark purpley kind of color well i almost saw it personally i almost saw it as agatha's magic is kind of corrupt mm -hmm. because she takes from other people and that's like not necessarily like that it's dark magic but that her magic is just corrupt and that like she again just takes from other people whereas yeah. like well, i mean she wanda's isn't like stolen from other people it just is her magic but yeah a bit like I mean, I guess technically it's something important to bring up is that Agatha uses the Darkhold, which is, you know... The, like that the book, book thing? Of, the Book of Dark Magic. Yeah. Which is a very important object in, like, just general Marvel lore. Like, it's like the Book of the Damned, kind of. And I think that's what they infer it as, you know, where it's, like, really dark magic that's kind of forbidden. The way I always view it, it, it's never canonically been said that, but like in the Doctor Strange film, you know, where they were saying like some of the books in the library are completely off limits, like it's forbidden magic. I always just kind of view, not literally, but view the Darkhold as like one of those kind of forbidden books mm. that 
any magic user can make use of it if they are their resolve is strong enough you know mm. and that they can they take the time to to learn and train but it's the kind of thing where you can do some real nasty stuff so the general consensus is that you can't or shouldn't use it um which is obviously a little disconcerting because at the end of the show we see wanda using it yes we do but oh well Oh, well, that's how I feel about that. Um, I do want to, like, just because, like, my brain kind of, like, went off on a tangent. I was listening, I promise. But when you were talking, and I just I just don't want to let the thread drop. When you were talking about, like, the way that Doctor Strange's magic is different from, like, Wanda's magic and stuff. I think that that's actually, like, I think that that's actually cooler. Because what that means is that people in different parts of the world are, are pulling on from this, like, pulling on the same source of magic. But have learned how to use the magic differently. And so the magic mm -hmm. clearly needs some sort of rule set to be able to be controlled. But what that rule set is doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think, think that's like, really interesting. You know, you said before about magic, any kind of magic needing a, a rule set in place to define how it works and what the, what the limitations are, you know? And I think that it's not necessarily super well defined necessarily here, but I think that the, the, the foundational sort of cornerstones that they lay down of everybody is using the same kind of magic. It's just that people have, have learnt that magic in or, or not learnt, but experienced and grown up using that magic in very different ways and therefore it manifests in different um, iterations. I, I think that that is a very clean very simple way of technically just putting a band-aid over a bigger problem mm -hmm. but for the mcu i don't really think that they ever really need to address the problem itself i think that what they well, used to cover it over is enough really right to, right to exactly and i think it, it's again like one of brandon sanderson's laws of magic is that your ability to solve issues with magic is directly proportionate to how much you understand the magic. So I mm -hmm. think that the reason it works is because they don't use the magic to solve a lot of problems, right? Yeah. So since they're not using it to like, oh, because magic can unlock the key to this door, like, you know, like they're not just like throwing a bunch of random rules at you yeah. um, to just like, you know, like patch up like random plot holes. I think that that's why it works so well. Yeah. Um, but I will admit that I, because obviously, like, I'm fantasy girly, I would really love to see more magic stuff because that's way more interesting to me than, like, the superhero e-ness of it all. But And they and they do, like, because obviously Wanda, I mean, Agatha says that the Scarlet Witch supposedly is more powerful than the Sorcerer Supreme, right? Mm -hmm. Obviously meaning Wanda is more powerful than Strange. Um, I, I appreciate that they actively acknowledge that mm -hmm. and they further define it by saying that Wanda is, or, or the, sorry, the Scarlet Witch is a Nexus being, which is like a bit of a complicated term, but essentially it's like, 
it's kind of like um, a canon event in the Spider-Man films, right? Mm. Where it's like whoever the Scarlet Witch is, which, which is Wanda, you know, just so happens to be Wanda. Because it is, it is presented as almost more of like a moniker, like a, like a persona that you take on rather than specifically a single person. Like mm -hmm. it's the Scarlet Witch as opposed to, do you know what I mean? So I think that the, the the implication suggests that there have been previous Scarlet Witches um, that are like somehow for some reason able to be far more powerful than most other magic users. But that she is like a fundamental building block that is holding up a lot of other things. Um, and I will say this with no context whatsoever, keep the concept of like nexus beings and stuff just keep just keep that in mind mm. just okay. keep it in mind we'll do roger um okay well i i think i don't really have too much else to say about this show however i do want to um kind of address the ending piece just because i thought it was a really powerful ending where it's like they put the kids to bed and they say goodbye and then he's gone like i think that that whole like sequence I thought that was one, of course, incredibly sad, but also like a really powerful scene for her. And I I can't imagine like willingly dropping your magic for that. Yeah, I mean, like there, there was a joke going around that um, like why, why couldn't Wanda just keep the hex around that one single house? That was my question. That was my question. Um, which I guess technically you you probably could, but it's better for her mental health to not be living in a delusion, which is ultimately what it is. Yes. So, like, I I, I get that. I think that, that makes sense as much as you could justify it. I guess. Um, yeah. But uh, it's it's one of my favorite one of my favorite lines is um i'm trying to remember exactly what it is because i don't want to misquote it but it's like um hang on let's see i want i want to make sure i get it right because uh no rush yeah so when they're saying goodbye Vision says, I've been a voice with no body, a body but not human, and now a memory made real. Who knows what I might be next? You know, and then they go on to say that we've said goodbye before, so it stands to reason we'll say hello again. I I just I, I said back in Age of Tron, I don't know whether you remember, I said that Vision is one of my favorite characters, like period. Mm -hmm. But just because he's so unique and so interesting, the, the the stuff that he brings to the MCU, I think, has been far more interesting than a lot of other characters, just due to technically who he is, you know. Mm -hmm. And just to have his entire journey summarized in that sim single, that you know, that tiny little paragraph. I've been a voice with no body, Jarvis, a body but not human, which is. Ultron slash Vision, and now a memory made real. 
acknowledging that he isn't real. Mm-hmm. But then, he, he, and he says it with a smirk, a little smirk as well. He says, who knows what I might be next. And it's just like, not only does that make me feel quite upset, because it's like reflecting on how far he's come, but also like he knows that this version of him is going away. But there is, he knows in this moment that there is another version of him out there that he hopes can be something better, you know, or something more, something new. Um, and that he hopes that they find each other again. I think that that is, it's one of my favorite quotes. I mean, the one that gets mentioned all the time is when Wanda's going through all of the memories and he, Vision says, um, what is grief? if not love persevering yeah and that's become almost like the iconic mcu quote really above most other quotes that's one that as soon as it was said you're like oh that's such a great line people and it's kind of played out now just because i've lived with it for like four years yeah but still people are saying about like getting it tattooed and stuff you know it's it's become one of those kind of things Mm mm-hmm where it's such a, a, a succinct, poignant thing that I think everybody can relate to. Again, perfectly in line with the kind of thing that Vision would say. Yeah. I will say, like, so I I really enjoyed that moment. I've been talking with my, like, like in my personal life, I've been talking with, like, with my therapist. That's, like, mostly what we've been talking about recently is, like, grief. And, mm. like, the, like, obviously, in order to, like, th- the consequence of love is that, like, there will be grief as a consequence, right? Which mm-hmm. is kind of what they're touching on. But I think that like, like they're them describing grief as like the tangible, right? Like my my therapist had said separately, like not the not this quote, but basically the same thing where she was like, grief is is like your love has nowhere to go now. Like your love has nothing. Like when once that person cat whatever has passed on Mm. um like you're like that is like your grief is that love not being able to go anywhere and like it's so much more worth being able to like love you know and like have that grief than to not experience the grief so I did think that that was really poignant especially because of like what I've been like talking to my therapist about recently and kind of experiencing Mm. in my life recently so very good very very yeah. good andrew garfield kind of i don't know whether you know the actor andrew garfield mm-hmm. he said he's very famously quoted um as another thing because he talked about his his mother passing away i think yeah and he said that the grief was like all the unexpressed love essentially exactly what you were saying but like he then expressed the importance of wanting to hold on to that like for dear life you know because as much as it hurts it's like it's it's proof that that thing happened even though it's not there anymore you know and i think that that is such such a poignant thing yeah that is universal and i think that that's why that that quote from vision has connected so much you know because it's it's uh something that i don't no matter who you are i can't see you not relating to that in, in yeah some death, everybody experiences death in some manner yeah 
at certain points in their life. So I do think that that's like, I think that that's why a lot of stories and uh, such revolve around like love and death, because those are like, like two universals experiences mm-hmm. for, for humans. Um, whether you actually experience love or just always want to experience love, I think it's still a universal experience. So yeah, I do think that that's very poignant and crazy that it's just in this random superhero TV show. Yeah. Who Um, knew the MCU can be sophisticated and and moving when it wants to be. Who knew? When, when it wants to be, that's a very bold, that part of the statement. (laughs) Nevertheless. Um, Okay. So, I will say uh, the one thing that I just want to touch on just because I know it's like it will eventually come up later is a scroll comes to take um, Monica mid credit scene. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we get the end credit scene, which is the Scarlet Witch studying. Yeah. So. And and she specifically hears something. And now he's not so awkwardly just resume talking. If you say it's awkward, it makes it not awkward, right? That's not how it works, I don't think. But Those are my rules. So, what were you saying? So, you said she looked up at something, and all I said in response to that was that it was creepy. I said, oh, that's creepy. Yes, but but do you know what she was? No idea. Because if you go back and listen to it, it's pretty, pretty clear. Hmm. Okay, I'll go back and listen. Don't tell me, and then I'll message oh, you. Doing it, doing it live. No, no, I'm saying I'm. I'll go listen to it. Later. I mean, I could just tell you. You could. Okay, go ahead. Just tell me. That's fine. She hears her twins calling out for her. <gasps> oh yeah, no, I do remember that. I totally okay. forgot that for some reason. Okay. That's weird. Yeah. I just thought that she was like hallucinating again because she she spent a long time being not like fully crazy, but kind of crazy. I mean, maybe she is, you know, isolated reading a very dark magic book. So who knows uh, how that's going to go. But um, maybe she just has become so powerful that she can actually manifest stuff now. Maybe. Or... uh, Maybe she's maybe she's reading the book to to see if there's a way to to get them to bring them in. Maybe she's trying yeah. to use dark magic to get them. Maybe. Yeah. Um, um. Go ahead. No, though. I mean, they weren't. I suppose the only other thing I'd say, like going back to the other thing with Monica and the scroll, it makes sense that. To I mean, because she's got history with the scrolls, right? From uh, from her childhood. Mm-hmm. Hence why she wasn't like, oh my god, an alien. She's she's pretty chill around them. Um, yeah, and a, a friend of her mother's wants to speak with her. Who's that? I mean, she points up. Couldn't be Captain Marvel, right? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um. One thing I wanted to point out was I did enjoy the soundtrack for this TV show, although 
if you gave me a lineup of soundtracks, I don't think I could pick it out and be like, that's the WandaVision soundtrack, but I did enjoy it. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, no, I think, um, shout that out. I think, again, it's, it's so easy for me to say that like, I know the jingle for WandaVision. Um, those were, but yeah, I, I now that I'm thinking about, it, I can't really remember if there is any licensed music in this. I think it's all original. I think so as well, which is nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. So if my ranking is correct as a time of recording, I should have uh, Winter Soldier at six, Age of Ultron at seven. Put that slap bang in the middle. Num a new number seven. Um, I think it's it's definitely upper slash top tier content. Um, but there are the. the the way things resolved, a little bit underwhelming. I think the hype and the speculation week to week, particularly with this show, which we didn't really talk about too much, um, did get away from this show. Like the the Pietro fake out, that rubbed people the wrong way. There's other speculation that we'll probably talk about more in, in upcoming projects that uh, this didn't quite capitalize on. So, but still undeniably excellent. Mm 